Welcome to Life Legacy Matters, powered by the Faith-Based Cause Initiative and its affiliates. And when we talk about uh, the foundation of the uh, Faith-Based Cause Initiative, it's important for me to share with you that we're a health and wellness uh, initiative first and foremost. And when we talk about health and wellness and we talk about really how we uh, started approximately uh, 15 years ago, we want to share with you that it's important that we know that it's a new era, it's a new time. It's, a, it's an opportunity uh, to wrap our arms around technologies that are really put in place to allow us to have a, a living life legacy that will basically allow us to have a life well lived and so while we know that we want to share with people we understand that if you made it through 2020 and we're in 2021 we want to take you through the the the, the apex if you would of this turn uh in terms of this pandemic understanding that it's a global pandemic so we have moved into an era where we're going to have more and more diseases that we want to actually be able to get in front of opposed to get behind it for example a lot of people don't understand that the issue of respirators, the issue of really how to treat a um, Noval Corona, if you would, which simply means first time. So this Corona a strain that we're going through is the first time we've seen it. And so we know that it's going to be with us for a while. So wouldn't it be a great idea to have a tool that you could actually utilize to will allow you to navigate your own state of health and wellness? Well, in this particular episode of uh, Your Living Life Legacy Matters, we have the opportunity to have in our particular studio, the individual that pretty much masterminded the whole concept of being proactive and basically looked at this particular whole platform of how could we get in front of our health? How could we actually learn about where we have been in terms of our health, where we are right now, and how we can actually go forward in the future and perhaps stretch out the life that we're having with the basic understanding of how we can feel better and so he is the president and ceo of a company called us health center that actually developed a algorithm if you would and i don't know if that's a proper way to refer to it but it's a predictive believe it or not predictive medical you know uh pathway that you can actually predict pretty much if a person is going to be more apt to uh, develop a disease or if they're not based on actual lifestyle logging, if you would. And so uh, the president and the CEO of U.S. Health Center is going to have a conversation with you today about how he came up with this particular approach. I met him years ago uh, through a family member when he was trying to help the Detroit public school system, believe it or not. He was actually trying to help the community get a sort of a head start on <laughs> really some things that are really plaguing our community, such as uh, obesity diabetes, hypertension. And so uh, sit back, guys. Don't relax. But uh, please uh, welcome my friend, the CEO and president of U.S. Health Center, Mr. Gavin Quinnis. Thanks, Carvel. Glad You're to be welcome. here. Can you share with us a little bit about how you came about to evolve into this whole issue of predicting people's health and wellness? Well, you said a lot. And there's really two unique opportunities that presented themselves in my lifetime. I'm, I am for most first and foremost, not a medical doctor. I'm, a, I'm an engineer, I'm a manufacturing engineer, so 
by my nature, I like risk management. I like to figure out how to put things together and how they don't fall apart. Um, and during that journey, I became a business owner and realized that the health of the employees, what we call teammates working in our, in our firms was the most important asset. And as we continued to grow um, and had success, we realized that many of the people that were joining us were friends and families of those that we continued to, uh, to hire. And so it became critical that we manage it. So back in the early 90s, we were doing things that are in vogue now, such as on-site clinics, on-site providers, uh, bringing providers on staff to track and measure health, um, learning what that meant, giving scores, and providing insurance discounts. And, okay. And so um, when I uh, moved on to other elements of my life, exiting that business, I was looking for other opportunities. I met my, my partner, uh, Dr. Raymond Gavery, and he was involved in on-site clinics in the early 80s and 90s, and we put our heads together and came up with a business model. And that started in 2002, believe it or not. So we've been doing this for 18, 19 years now. And it, it started with the interest, the impetus, and the purpose of predicting health. But the way we do it is different than what's out there. So you might find questionnaires that might tell you, for example, your life of, or your chance of dying from a heart attack in 10 years. Now, to us, that's not that uh, energizing. So what our model does is it looks across the spectrum of disease, cancers, what we call the metabolics, heart disease, diabetes, peripheral artery disease, stroke, um, also musculoskeletal like back arthritis problems, and mental nervous, anxiety, stress, and depression. So we track 75 different conditions. The way it works from a, from a you know, predictive modeling standpoint is we gather whatever information we can about you. Uh, one of the forms and the ultimate collector of the information is what we call the health risk assessment. Okay. It takes information from you about your, your medical history, really the inception of, of your medical history, your, uh, any vitals you might have access to, what, such as your blood pressure, your glucose, your height and weight and so forth, your lifestyle, eat, drink, smoke, exercise, sleep, and then any family history and genetics and so forth. And we put it all together in a model that will predict the conditions and will represent to you things like your risk for diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, uh, depression, stroke, colon cancer, breast cancer, endometrial cancer, ovarian cancer. There's 75 different conditions. And we represent that to the individual um, on their personal health dashboard, their app. And then there's much uh, information about how to prevent and if you have that condition, manage it. So we've been third-party validated by uh, the only organization that does that type of thing, uh, an institute that was created by Intel and GE, uh, a number of data scientists oh, okay. that- Intel that, and GE? Yeah, they put together what they termed a validation institute and, and tried to you know have organizations like ours demonstrate that we are doing what we say we're doing, i.e., in this case, predicting conditions. So of that, we've had 35, uh, sorry, 13 of the 75 conditions uh, validated. We just actually got the notice um, that that occurred again this year. So every year we share the results of our information. These are the people that we predicted. Here's how we know that they ended up unfortunately getting a given condition. And of course, in order to do that, you have to have 
hundreds and hundreds of thousands of data points, millions of data points, hundreds of thousands of individuals that uh, move within their spectrum of, yeah. Yeah, of you risk. Know, and, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, um, but Gavin, when I think about our organization, and I think about, we have organizations that have 10 million members, we have organizations that have 5 million members, we have organizations that have 2 million members, we have smaller organizations that, we have just individual organizations that have upwards of 40, 50,000 members. So I'm just thinking about if every one of them, if every individual had an opportunity to have a health risk assessment, how would you see that for that organization in terms of the longevity of their members? I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not asking No, what I can tell you is that in any given population, and so what we look at primarily is managing the risk of a population. Okay. Within that population, there are individuals. So we are aggregating the data, we're looking at where it's going and how we can ultimately reduce the individual and group risk of given conditions such as diabetes. So, you know, how we, how we see it working and how it does work is every person that participates is a consumer. Okay. And we're working to make sure that their information is helping them become motivated. We we call it finding their way to their why. We teach workshops on this. Where, finding their way to their why. Right. So, I mean, okay. everyone really has to only do two things. Work on their own individual lifestyle. Eat, drink, smoke, exercise, stress, um, sleep, and see a provider accordingly. But, you know, we're fraught in this miscommunication, misinformation of of what fad diet is the right diet, um, what new supplement is the right supplement. And the, the fact is that, that everything's right and everything is not always uh, uh, wrong. You have to find out what makes you tick. So do you and think that the, it's individual, that, it, that it, it, it's unique to each individual? It is, 100%. And that's the beauty of your own personal health yeah. risk assessment? So the example I give is you and maybe your twin brother might have similar cholesterol, similar stress, similar jobs, similar use of tobacco, alcohol, etc. But for you, your risk is heart disease and for your twin brother, it might be colon cancer. Okay. Now, those are very different pathways. Both of them at the higher level of risk really require, if you will, uh, some sort of provider intervention, some additional tests that might be needed to confirm whether our prediction is accurate, which of course it's only 80 to 93 percent accurate but it's certainly enough to make people consider and, and go forward that's that's the highest level of accuracy that you'll see in any stochastic model okay it's highly well, i difficult. would say that 80 percent is pretty good yeah i think if most people ask their provider how accurate are you and telling me where i should go what my next step is and they'll probably say hey eight or nine times out of ten i'm right and and so, you know, the, the only thing that you really need to think about in finding your way to your why is when should I see a provider, for what, what information, what should I do the next steps, or what information should I gather? And that's really what we're trying to do. In the old ways, it was something like look better on the beach, right? You know, you want to lose weight to look great. In the new way, it's like, well, that's leading towards this condition. And, of course, when people are getting to that point in their life, where diabetes or hypertension or depression or a cancer are looming in their future, they are mature enough 
30s, late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, where they're starting to realize what's happened in their circle of friends and their family. And these aha moments of, well, that's why grandpa fell over at the family picnic. I thought he might have had, you know, too much to drink, let's say, but no, he, he was having a stroke and I don't want that. Right. So that's what we mean by finding their way to their why. Okay. So when people see that they have a risk for breast cancer, what are they going to do about it? They're going to talk to their provider. They're going to work on their lifestyle that makes sense, mm -hmm. that, that pertains to what makes that particular risk diminish over time. Well, you know what? Uh, I want to thank you, um, Gavin, for sharing this information with us. Uh, we're going to have a special treat. What we're going to do is we're going to have... Um, we're going to have Mr. Quintus actually come back uh, and share a little bit about this revolutionary concept that he has been working on, that the Faith-Based Cause Initiative has been privileged to be a part of. Could you just imagine if you could actually guarantee a person an opportunity to have peace of mind with a, an insurance program and then uh, be able to guide them along the way with giving them options? We're talking about options on uh, health coverage. Uh, we know about health insurance, but let's think about options of gaining a, being able to access insurance at all levels. When we talk about insurance, sometimes it could be a sharing program. It could be a non-traditional way in which you can cover your, cover your entire family. As we're inside this pandemic, which will go on for some time, we're going to ask uh, Mr. Quintus, to share with us, if he could, a little bit about how he sees the future in terms of us packaging a program that can actually help the entire organization. So whether you're a small organization of 100 members or you're a large organization of members that have upwards of millions, if you would, uh, individuals in various regions, how we can go about servicing them. So uh, again, my name is Carvel Jones. I'm the executive director to the chair of the Faith-Based Cause Initiative. And we're gonna look forward to our next time to fellowship.